Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Preach the Word podcast. I'm Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. I am going back in the archives for today's episode to a sermon that Pastor Shad McDonald shared on November 13th of 2016. The scripture readings come from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 9. Also, Job chapter 29 and verse 1. Lastly, the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 13. The sermon is titled, Out of Our Nest and Into His Rest. I hope that this sermon will find the ear of someone that needs to be reassured that God did not call you to be a failure or to fall short. And I pray that you will be challenged and encouraged and comforted as you listen today. And to quote Pastor MacDonald, as he will say here shortly, God can fly faster than we can fall. Thank you for listening. Deuteronomy chapter 32, read there at verse number 9. Let's see what it says. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. The first line of verse 11. As an eagle stirreth up her nest. Her nest. I want you to remember her nest. Job 29 verse 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I was, were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me. Watch that. Oh, that I were as in months past. Verse 18. Then I said, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand I shall die in my nest Joshua chapter 1 verse 13 remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you saying the Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord 
have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God hath given them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it which Moses of the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. Verse number 13, the Lord hath given you rest. <clears throat> the Lord would stand by me today. I want to I want to preach a message entitled Out of Our Nest and Into His Rest. All of us like our comfort zone. All of us like to be at ease. None of us like disruption. One person so aptly said, the only person that likes change is the wet baby. All of us at times have difficulty with transition stages in our life. And I will be candid and very, very open today because I know that they are ministries that are represented here and I pray that God will give me utterance to try to speak something into your heart that will cause you to come to that place of acceptance that God wants us to expand our borders and God wants to enlarge our influence. However, oftentimes we feel so more at ease when we're cradled. We feel so at ease when we're helped. We feel so much more at ease when we're surrounded by that which we are familiar with. And Almighty God is addressing His chosen. Almighty God is speaking of those that are the apple of His eye. Almighty God is speaking to those that He handpicked that nation Israel. And he speaks of that nation that he birthed. And that nation that he brought forth. And may I say that what God has begun in your life. He is able to bring it to complete fruition in your life. He did not call you to leave you where you're at. He did not place a calling on your life for you to sit and do nothing in your nest. He did not place a calling on your life for you to be relaxed, for you to be at ease, for you to say, well, there's no need for me to stir myself. And oftentimes the reason why God has to stir us is we will not stir ourselves. When I envision this eagle's nest, I immediately Think of comfort, but there's also challenge, and then there is conquest. Remember it, please. First, the comfort that was around them. These little eaglets, these small birds that have been birthed in the nest, they did not build the nest. Another provided the nest. They did not bring food to themselves. They did not 
take care of themselves. They've been birthed and they've been brought forth in the nest. And there's comfort that is around them. They're in a settled environment. And so are the children of Israel. They like where they're at. They feel so much more comfortable there. All of us like that sense of assurance and adequacy when we know that everything is took care of. May I say to you, here is a good way to know if you have heard from God. If what God has spoken to you, if what you feel impressed upon your life seems totally impossible, that's a sure sign. It's a word from God. If what you anticipate is something greater than what you can do, that's a good sign that it is from God. If it seems utterly ridiculous, if others shake their head and say, why would you ever attempt to do something like that? It's a good sign that's from God. Because if your bank account can take care of it, and if your means can satisfy it, and your adequacy can sustain it, and if your ability can do it, you don't need God. But if it's an impossibility, you need God. If it's something greater than you, you need God. And you see, friend, when provisions are afforded us, when things are handed to us, it seems so much easier then. Those little birds that are birthed in the nest, those tiny eaglets, those that study these birds say that the mother will not help that little eaglet out of the egg. He must do that on his own. It must peck from within. It must push. It must struggle. And may I say, friend, that the struggle is good for us. We want things so easy. We want things to just come with no sense of struggle. But because they're handed to us, they're unappreciated by us. Israel is a nation that has comfort around them. And so these eagles in the nest, comfort around them. What was provided, what was purposed. You see, friend, an eagle is not born to sit in a nest. An eagle has not been birthed to merely just sit in a nest in a warm place that mother has built, father has designed, bringing the branches, limbs, leaves, and surrounding it with the skin of animals that they've taken for prey even reached with her beak into her downy breast and pulled the feathers until she surrounded it with soft down, soft place. 
settled place, warm place, easy to stay right there. But that's not why the eagle was born, to stay in the nest. And may I say that God did not save us to sit on a pew, amen, and pride ourselves in what we do not do. For us to read that list of prohibitions and all the things that we denounce and forbid. Friend, we have been saved for a purpose. And God has given us, amen, His will that we as children of God are to go out into a lost world and make an impact. Friend, if your only influence is inside of here, you're falling short of what God wants you to be. Our footprint should be bigger than that. Our impact should be larger. We should get out of the nest and do what God wants us to do. Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we're satisfied to stay in the nest. And so said Job, Oh, that I were in months past. Sure was good then. Boy, I like that. When I walked down the street, Job said, the young men nodded and showed reverence. Prosperity and provision pervaded every area of my life. I had it good. And there's something about all of us. We can somehow live in a sense of Riviere and retrospect. And as if the past was always greater. And somehow or another the nostalgia when we go to that treasure chest of yesterday and look at those trinkets of time past that we hold dear and we remember great revivals of yesterday and, and thank God for them and, and we remember great preaching of another time and thank God for that. All of that has brought us to where we are. But friend, when your best days are behind you, you're facing failure. When you have no vision for tomorrow, when you have no expectation. And I want to say to all of us, if you think that Mr. Trump is the salvation of America, you could not be more wrong. May I tell you, the hope of America is not in the White House. The hope of America is when America comes back to the church house. And I want to say to us and America collectively, what are we going to do now? If the turn of the tide amen, in the election gives you great hope, so be it. But what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do with what we have now? I always talk about, oh, I wish we was in months past. One person said, it just ain't as good as it was in the good old days. One person said it never was. And so we can always talk about how it was. But we're not there. We're here. Comfort that was around them. The challenge. The challenge that awaited them. Challenge is to get out of the nest. 
to leave your comfort zone, to realize what you were born for, and do something for God. It's challenged to be more, do more. Challenged to realize the potential that you have, the latent promise that's dormant, the ability that awaits us. You know, Brother Randy talking about people in the balcony and, and a full church and all that looks good on paper. Don't that sound good? But does anybody have the patience? Do we have the forbearance? Do we have the love? Do we have the compassion to deal with people that are going to be in the pew? Now, there's a mindset. There is a syndrome that keeps churches small. There is a mindset that makes us minuscule. And so that we are satisfied with us four and no more and shut the door. But if you grow, you realize that you bring in problems. You bring in difficulties. A friend of mine recently had to resign his pastorate because there was a particular man in the church that became jealous of the influence of the pastor. He's been there longer than anybody. And he's always quick to remind every visitor that goes there, I've been here longer than anybody else and because he's been there longer than anybody else he feels like his influence is more stronger than even the pastor and there became rivalry and jealousy over who's going to count the money over who's going to sing over who's going to testify over who's going to preach may I say please envy is a bad devil and it don't matter who sings as long as God gets the glory it don't matter who plays the piano it don't matter who runs the sound booth it don't matter even who's doing the preaching the thing that matters is we gotta get out of our nest and get into his rest we've gotta get into a place that this is not my church amen it's not even your church it's our church and it's his church amen it's not about me mine mine Amen. It don't revolve around one particular individual, but it's all about Jesus. My sweet Jesus, would you give him the honor and give him the praise? Too many times, church growth has been aborted. Too many times, potential and promise is un. Mind, and we fall short of what God wants us to be because we don't want change and we don't want to get out of our nest. Dad was rebuked at Calvary Assembly, 12th and 16th, Meridian, Mississippi. He said, Let's receive the offering. The old deacon interrupted and rebuked dad and said, we don't receive the offering now. 
We do that later. Does it really matter? Does it matter? Things that are of no consequence. Things that maybe we've always done it that way. It wouldn't hurt to have a little change. So them sitting at the house won't know what we're doing. How easy it is to get settled in our nest when there are challenges that await us. You know what that mother eagle will do? When she realizes that those eaglets are so dependent on her that they'll never get out of that nest, she pulls away all the feathers and she removes all the down, all the fur, all the leaves, the moss, the debris in which they've been cradled. She takes all of that out until now there's left nothing but bare branches. It's uncomfortable. And so because they cannot settle on the bare branch, they must take with their talons and their claws and they must hold to the bare branch you see the first thing you've got to learn to do is stand for yourself amen that's what strengthens the claws and the talons of those eaglets because mom knows there's going to be a time when you've got to grip the crag of the rock when you've got to hold to the rock when the wind blows and the storm rages that eagle's got to have strong talons to hold on for itself there are many of us that are too dependent on somebody else's prayers on somebody else amen being prepared for worship somebody else being prepared to sing the glory down amen they are not ever be a time you come through that door that you're not prepared to worship well I can't come because I'm not dressed right get dressed right do what you got to do but be ready to worship you ought to be prayed up you ought to be in a place that you've got an experience of your own and you can worship God for yourself <laughs> that mother eagle can only do so much for that eaglet until after a while <coughs> she realizes it's time for these eaglets to get out of the nest. And you see, oftentimes, God must break into our lives. He disrupts. He turns over. He upsets the apple cart. And we, we don't like that disruption. But how many of you will agree that it's disruption that turns us to what God purposes for our lives. <clears throat> and the things that you and I both count to be unforeseen, unfair, unwarranted, and undeserving are the very things that God uses to get us out of our nest and into His rest. Whether it be fantasy or folklore, I cannot say for sure. I only know what the authorities say. These that have studied these eagles. They say that it is the female eagle 
that chooses her mate. And when she begins to look for a lifelong mate, when she begins to look for a lifelong mate, she will test his agility and aptitude for flight. She will take a branch and she will fly into the heavens. And he pursues her. And then she will open her beak and drop that branch. He must catch it. They've been seen at times, these female eagles, to pick up a large rock with their talons, spread their wings and go aloft. And that male eagle, as he courts that female Notice it's male and female. They got that part figured out. In the world today, Leonard Vallad ain't got that part figured out. Come on now. But the male will pursue the female and she'll drop that rock and he will fly faster than the rock can fall. There's a reason for that. It's because she wants to make sure that when she pitches those eaglets out of the nest, if they can't find their wing, the father has to fly faster than the little eaglet can fall. And one particular authority on those eagles said he observed when a mother eagle pitched an eaglet out of the nest and it couldn't find its little wings it could not get air and it just plummeted he said but the father eagle came down underneath and just when that little eaglet would have been dashed to pieces on the rocks the father caught it on its back and bore it up up to the nest again and he said great was the day in my life when I realized that God could fly faster than I could fall and I want to tell somebody in the house today God did not call you to fall God did not disrupt your life to destroy you but there's destiny and there's purpose and God knows what he's doing in your life is God that breaks up our lives it is God that bears up our lives she builds the nest she breaks the nest and then she beareth them on her wings the comfort that is around us the challenge that awaits us the conquest that is assured us you see the word of God promised I have given you the land I have given you rest and hath given you this land. I have given you, hold it now, rest. If you're agitated, if you're anxious, if you're discomforted, if you're ill at ease, it seems like solace cannot be found and assurance escapes you. 
And there's such an unsettledness about where you're at. Maybe God is saying, why don't you get out of that nest and let me be your rest? Amen. You see, oftentimes we seek rest in our 401k. We seek rest in our insurance. And if Mr. Trump don't do something quick, I'm not going to have none. Come over here now. That man they got in that White House now, he must not have a brain between his ears if he thinks the American public can pay that kind of price. But friend, greater than insurance is assurance. Amen. And oftentimes we look to what is humanly possible and what is within our reach. And from that we try to draw assurance and we try to somehow or another siphon off of that a feeling of peace but oh friend you won't get it in the nest that's where you were born but that's not where you're supposed to stay in the nest somebody feeds you in the nest somebody warms you in the nest somebody else covers you in the nest somebody else amen is there for you but it's time to get out of the nest and get into his rest it's time to get off the briar and get on the wing it's time to get to the place that you believe his word and you hold to his promises and you trust his truths and you say I'm just going to believe God I'm going to trust God no matter what two preachers went to school together one's name was Patterson the other's name was Hill this was long ago back in the 40s. Patterson and Hill went their separate ways after Bible school. Years passed by. Patterson said, I fell on hard times. He said, and I, I grew away, was his words, from faith. I become a skeptic, was his words. And he said, frankly, I had just completely lost faith. And he said, 11 years I wandered with no faith. And he said, but I was in Los Angeles. And I heard that my old schoolmate was pastoring in Los Angeles. And he said, so I went to hear him preach. He said, a crowd that huge. He said, my friend could have not had any way of knowing that I was in the sanctuary. But he preached right to me. He said, after the service, he said, I passed by the visitor's desk and I said to an usher, tell Hill that his former schoolmate Patterson was here today and I appreciated his message. He said, I walked across that vast parking lot and as I got to my car, I heard a voice. Patterson, Patterson said, Dr. E.V. Hill. E.V. Hill run to where Patterson was standing. And he said to him, Patterson, Patterson, how are you doing? 
He said, immediately I began to put on airs. And he said, I pointed to my brand new Buick Electra. That goes way back, don't it? He said, I pointed to my brand new Buick Electra. And he said, well, Edgar, he said, uh, there's my brand new Buick. E.V. Hill said, I didn't ask you what you had. I asked you, how was you doing? Oh, come on here now. You see, friend, it don't matter how much you got. The question is, how are you doing? Patterson said, that pierced my heart. He said, it's what E.V. Hill said to me. Not what you got. It's how you're doing. I realized I wasn't doing right. He prayed back through, found God. You that know the history of the Missionary Baptist Movement, know that Patterson and became the president of that organization and one of the greatest preachers among the black Baptists of America all because he was brought to reality I gotta get out of the nest and get back in his rest I gotta realize that the only thing holding me up is God the only thing keeping me is God the only thing that's gonna help me is God And oftentimes it's so much easier for us to look to our own resources and search for rest in that. You see, they were promised by the Word of God. They would enjoy possessions by the will of God. For He said, I'm going to give you the land. And I want you to go in and fight until you possess the land. Now, if you think it's going to be handed to us on a silver platter, you couldn't be more wrong. If you think it's going to come without opposition, you could not be more greatly mistaken. Whatever ministry awaits you, whatever promise or potential that is in your future, if the devil can keep you in your nest, you'll never come to that understanding and realization of what God has for you. Stay in the nest and you'll always wonder what could have been, what would have been, what should have been, what might have been. Or either you can get out of the nest and get into His rest. Trust God. Believe God. And God will make a way for you. I personally heard Brother Wayne Hokum tell of how that God used Brother Lester Moore to influence his dad, Earl Hokum, in so many wonderful ways. And it was all because a man ventured to just step out and believe God. Bob Holden pastored Texarkana House of Prayer for 14 years. Before he pastored at the House of Prayer, he pastored Hornet, where Tracy pastors now. Back in the day when Brother Moore was just falling after the Holy Ghost, the Holden family tell of how that Brother Bob got up and he said, we're going to start revival Sunday night. 
Who's going to be the evangelist? Brother Bob said, I don't know. But the Holy Ghost said to announce revival Sunday night throughout the week. Have you got a phone call? No. Had anybody sent word? No. Was somebody, amen, going to call? No. Sunday night, he gets up and starts church. Just about the time that Lester Moore pulls into the parking lot with a homemade tag-along trailer comes through the door. And Brother Bob said, come on in, Brother Lester. We've been waiting on you. Got there right on time. Somebody help me while I preach. I'm saying, I don't know how revival's going to come. There may be somebody come through the door. I want to tell you the kind of revival we need is the one God sends. We need a move of the Holy Ghost that is heaven sent. We need a demonstration from God. Amen. That disrupts our program and turns us upside down until we get out of the place that we don't need our own understanding but we get into his rest and we say God you do it the way you want to do it God you fix it like you want to fix it stand with me all over the house out of your nest into his rest Father thank you for your presence that we recognize your Holy Ghost that we honor bring us to a place of decision in this room today so God that we just completely abandon self and resign everything to your sovereign will your heads are bowed your eyes are closed I trust that you have witnessed the burden of my heart today maybe you sense him calling maybe you're aware God has purpose for you God has provision for your life he didn't call you to fall but if he breaks up your nest he turns your world upside down he's going to carry you